Thank you for joining with us for another episode of Morning Briefings here on the Pipeline Intercession for the President and on our podcast. If you have any dreams that you have about the office of the president, please send them to pip at christiancentershreveport.com. We're so thankful that you all have joined in with us on this prayer journey, and we look forward to standing with you not only today, but in the days ahead. So with that, we'll go ahead and join today's broadcast as we talk about the news and stand on the wall for this nation and the office of the president. Good morning, good morning, everyone. Zach Arskanen coming to you from North Carolina today. And we want to focus today's episode on turning our faces to the Lord in this season as we prepare for the coming victory in our lives and in the days ahead. And want to go through the story in 2 Chronicles 20 of Judah being invaded from the sons of Moab and the sons of Ammon together with the Midianites as they were coming up against war, to war against uh, then Judah and King Jehoshaphat. And at this time, we see, and I'm diving right into this here today, is we see here in Scripture that Jehoshaphat was afraid of his enemies at the time, but then he used that fear properly. And rather than going internally and saying, what do I need to do? He said, oh, Lord, what should we do? And in verse 3, I'm going to pull it up here. It talks about how it says, Jehoshaphat was afraid and turned his attention to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And that's interesting, proclaimed a fast. So Judah gathered together to seek help from the Lord, and they even came from all the cities to Judah to seek the Lord. Then it goes on to the rest of verse 20, talk about the prayer and then the strategy that the Lord gave them to surround them and how their enemies ended up destroying themselves. But really just these first verses three and four here of how when Jehoshaphat was afraid, when when he felt like what was coming against him was too heavy a burden to, to carry by himself, he sought the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all of Judah and Judah gathered together to seek help from the Lord. And I think that's something here as as we're in these times and these seasons where it, it's time for us to, and sometimes our only hope, you know, the appeal to heaven, our only hope. And I just want to bring this up as a reminder for us that sometimes when all is lost, you've, you've done everything you know to do, is just turn our face towards the Lord and ask for His wisdom, ask for His strategy in the days ahead with whatever situation we're going through. And the prayer point for this from the Day book is to fast to gain, maybe fast the day, fast the news outside of this, fast social media, fast television for the day. Um, whatever it is you, you're seeking for is just seek the Lord of what, what is something you can fast it doesn't have to just only be food. It could be if, if that's what you feel like it is. Um, but don't just do it for purposes. But besides the point, it's fast to gain the prophetic strategy that will properly position you for victory over the confederated enemies that are set against you, meaning those who are in opposition to you. I think it's very clear there. And so we just want to seek the Lord and turn as we turn our faces to him, 
for the strat, whatever our strategy is in our life to go to that next glory, to go to that next victory of where the Lord would want us to go towards. And then in making sure as we go through the victory, we stay on our face in relationship with the Lord um, now and in the season ahead, because that's what's going to bring about the survival is a turning our face, repenting from our wicked ways, turning our face toward the Lord and seeking him and his strategies for what this nation is and crying out. And I'm, I bring this up and I lay this foundation here at the beginning, because as we go through the news today we see from not only this administration but from other leaders throughout the united states and christians more so and the church is more so itself uh, um we're not absolvent of any of the issues that are going on but in the reality of look we all need to realize where where is our role in this uh, where have we given in where have we not sought the lord in certain situations and and, and that's something that's really really heavy uh, i think on the spiritual eye of a lot of people right now, something we need to be very aware of. Uh, but today I want to go through quite a few international things as um, the Senate has finished its voting on the um, stimulus bill and then the House is out of session. So I want to continue a story in Israel between Israel and Islamic Jihadist group shooting off rockets towards the uh, out of the Gaza Strip towards civilian areas in Israel, Jerusalem, and Tel Aviv, how now last night, uh, yesterday we talked about how there was uh, an, an original ceasefire, and then there's possibly going to be another ceasefire, and then um, this is Tuesday, uh, Monday afternoon I'm recording this, so we're seeing now that, and, and this is one of the best things to follow is from the Jerusalem Post. They have a live blog. I'll put the link in um, the show notes here for the podcast that you can go look at, is Ha, uh, they're they're keeping everything up to date as far as what's the latest. And the latest as of this point is that Israel um, and the jihadist group supposedly went into another ceasefire, um, the one that we talked about they were going to, but ultimately not because nothing could really – no neither side could come to an agreement. Um, even though the Egyptian UN side of the negotiators said that, yeah, there's possibly – um, a ceasefire done and that Israel supposedly promised to release the prisoners that they arrested, which supposedly from the jihadist side caused all this. Uh, and Israel saying, no, we never agreed to any of that. Um, this is not true. And then so after a quote-unquote um, media uh, a ceasefire that was agreed to that neither Israel nor the, the Islamic jihadist group in the Gaza Strip agreed to, they're just proclaimed that it was propaganda more so in, in, in anything else and then rockets were shot off after that um so looks like a, a, a continued intense situation and uh, a very strong proponent for the iron dome and why uh, it is important to continue to support israel in these times and why there's votes that are going forward and President Biden came out and said some things of how he he hopes that both sides can work towards um, and encourage a swift resolution to the conflict is what he said. Uh, meanwhile, also supporting a two-state solution, which is very uh, problem, problematic as we know it. Um, and, and so that's just kind of where things lie. So we just want to continue to pray for the safety of the innocent lives that are there as there have been some attacks from the Israeli side that have been called off due to the fact that children are involved. And this is part of the pro the issue with these terrorist groups. They use schools, hospitals, uh, community centers, places where children are that 
makes it hard for the IDF to be able to go in and, and, and wipe them out. Sometimes they do, and, and they're unaware of the children, and there's unfortunate loss of life um, because of this. But Israel does a very good job on trying to make sure, doing its best to make sure that they're hit only military targets um, and not going towards civilian areas despite these rockets from the Gaza Strip being being shot off at Tel Aviv, Jerusalem, uh, at high populated civilian areas. So very cause for concern. We just want to continue to pray for the peace of Jerusalem during uh, this time of war, protection, safety, um, and wisdom for the people on the land to make sure they're wise in where they're doing as it's summertime. And this is one of the highest uh, populated times for tourism as they've opened their um, borders to let people in. So uh, and it'll only increase as the year goes on uh, as people are trying to get back to the land. So we just want to pray for the peace of Jerusalem there on that news. Other international news is Biden, President Biden came out after he was uh, broke free from the White House. <laughs> Ended up going to Delaware and made a statement to reporters uh, um, on the Nancy Pelosi trip to Taiwan. And he said this, this is very interesting. He said, I'm not worried, but I, I'm concerned about the Chinese making movements um, as much as they are. He says, but I don't think they're going to do anything more. Whether that's true or not is yet to be seen. Um, obviously, President Trump and, and his administration, former administration officials, think that something will be done. But it's the key point. And, and I want to point to these two headlines. One from The first from the Hill, it says, Biden says he's not worried about China's response to Pelosi's Taiwanese visit. Then you have from the Daily Wire saying Biden is concerned about Chinese reaction to Pelosi's Taiwan. So it's uh, you got to be careful about how you're reading this stuff um, because the official statement is, I'm not worried, but I'm concerned. And so this this brings attention to China and China's response towards Taiwan. Um, and I think something to really pay attention to is, okay, we understand what's going on here, but as we gear up towards the potential 2024 election, is there you're going to start seeing on some of these hot topic issues, potential candidates start to pipe up and say certain things. And one of those is Nikki Haley. We talked about how she is um, considering a run. Not saying she's the person to vote for, but let's just see where things lie. This is this is how you start determining, okay, who's running, who would be a good person to, to possibly vote for. And her statement as she comes out is, is she agrees that um, Nancy Pelosi was a good thing for her to go. And ultimately she calls out, based upon her experience, China in saying that they're really just throwing a temper tantrum um, and really that's how – they interact with other nations and trying to bully Taiwan in this situation and ultimately for Xi Jinping to try to show his strength on the international front. Um, and, and in other instances, she talks about through her experience about how they've done this on other levels, but in reality is is they, they're trying to gauge the strength of the American presidency, the administration right now is, okay, they say this, well, how are they taking us seriously? Are they not? Are they going to do what happens in Afghanistan? Are they going to do something similar to Ukraine? What's What stances are, how are they going to do? Are they going to, are they going to be more militarily strong, send ships, et cetera? Are they going to, would they defend Taiwan? What's going on here? So it's part of a gauge 
Um, so she's just calling it a temper tantrum, and she says this. She says, I've watched China have temper tantrum multiple times when things don't go their way. What you're seeing is that the Communist Party Congress is going to be meeting soon, and President Xi wants to show his power, so he is bullying Taiwan. He's trying to pretend that they're going to go to war. He's trying to scare them and talking about how Americans should never give in, uh, never respond to this, and ultimately the last thing we need to do is run from China. So whether that's the right response or not, uh, I'm not 100% sure because this is a very difficult situation. There was a report from the Wall Street Journal this weekend that talked about the, lo dooming war, the looming war between China and Taiwan. Um, and so we just want to pray for wisdom for this administration uh, on this Chinese issue. Hopefully listening to uh, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken through his recent uh, meetings in Asia Pacific – uh, on on these issues and just pray that they have the fear of the Lord when dealing diplomatically with China um, now and in the days ahead as we're seeing a split from Democratic leaders like Nancy Pelosi and the current administration. Uh, something to pay attention to even closer in the days ahead. And final thing today, I want to be real short, is go through the kind of fallout of this vote on the stimulus package, uh, the spending bill, however you want to put it, is it did officially go through on Sunday night and on a 51 to 50 vote via the reconciliation process, and they're claiming it as a $740 billion bill. That it will that's what it'll cost. CBO estimates are that it'll only bring in revenue of seven hundred billion. So you're still negative forty billion there, plus the CBO reports showing the negligible effects to inflation and decreasing the deficit. Things there of that. But I wanted to read some reports uh, and statements from the president and other people. Is that there's a few things to watch on this bill. Number one. So I want to pull this up from the president himself. This is the re statement released from the White House uh, late Sunday afternoon saying that today the Senate Democrats sided with American families over special interests uh, voting to lower the cost of prescription drugs, health care, insurance, and everyday energy costs. Um, I could go through each one of these and, and just really – um, spend some time on this, but we've kind of done that. The healthcare is just a stimulus for Obamacare. Everyday energy costs really is a Green New Deal, reducing the deficit. The CBO shows is actually not what it's going to do um, while making the wealthiest corporations finally pay their fair share. I get what they're trying to do is, okay, we want to make sure they're, they're paying their fair share. The problem is, is the laws that are on the books allow them to be able to use depreciation and not have to pay the taxes that Democrats think that they must pay. Besides a point, but I move on. Um, and and I want to go go through this. Th this one statement is is really really important. He says the bill this bill talks uh, tackles inflation by lowering the deficit and lowering costs for regular families. And he was bold enough bold enough to make this statement. This was disaster not only from the president to even allow this to go out from this administration to even say this. They said this. said, finally, it pays for all of these things and other more, wind turbines, electric vehicles, the Green New Deal, etc. By establishing a minimum corporate tax rate that our richest corporations start pay their 
fair share. It does not raise taxes on those making under four hundred thousand a year. Not one cent. Not one. They're saying not one cent for anyone. Oh, who makes over under four hundred thousand a year? That is a probably one of the boldest claims a political leader has done. Going into the campaign, going into next year, not one cent. All you need. The show is that this, the burden of proof, this tax bill, if it raises taxes one cent, everything they said, Democrats, anybody alike, said is just a total, just debauchery uh, um, on this whole entire bill. Not one cent. That's a very bold claim. Um, And history shows us that this will not be the case now. Things to look at and, and to consider to take into perspective of this bill only increases spending $740 billion, but the total spending since Biden has taken office, including other stimulus packages, everything since Biden took office, now accumulates totals $3.5 trillion. We were praying and trying to stand against and pray for leaders who have wisdom to stand against this Bernie Sanders spending agenda. Remember, Bernie Sanders wanted a $6 trillion budget bill, the Build Back Better bill originally. He's not happy with this because he, it, to him it doesn't do enough. Yes, it raises inflation, but to him it doesn't do enough. He thinks the way to solve inflation is by having the government pay for anything. But the problem is, is whose money are you going to take when there is no money to be taken anymore? So we're seeing the total. They're doing it in small portions is what they're doing it. You know, how do you how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? And this is how they're doing it. Seven hundred forty billion dollars this time to go towards this Green New Deal, this Biden spending agenda, this build back better. They're not doing it all in one. They're doing it little by little. So there's that aspect of it. Then you have on the opposite side, you have Republicans rightfully so clamoring against this rightfully so talking about how this is not a good thing this will only increase and hurt everyday americans and they're not wrong they're not wrong but rather rather than just point out a problem which is very easy to do in this situation is is where can these leaders who are put in the position to help offer a solution whether it be this or something else where is their solution? Where's their tax plan? Okay, if we don't want to vote on this, what are we going to vote for? Why do you think Joe Manchin eventually caved in? Why do you think Kirsten Cinema eventually caved in? Because there is right now there is really nothing being offered um, in agreement from the Republican side that says this is what we should be doing. Rick Scott has his plans to do something similar to what the Democrats want to do in raising taxes then there's really no other plan out there from any senator. And there's some congressmen who have a plan, but they're not pushing that forward. They're letting Kevin McCarthy push his, we're going to investigate everybody. And look, some of those investigations are right. Some of them are going to be a waste of time. But at the end of the day is, what is the other plan? Where is the other plan? That is not being talked about. There are some, again, some House Republicans who have some more, sort of a plan, but why isn't that plan being talked about more? Where 
why don't the American people know about this coming up? Okay, we have this inflation. You have midterms coming up. Here's how we plan to bring this down. Here's how we plan to deal with this. This is why your vote for this part part of the ticket is, is important now and moving forward in the days ahead. And it's just no, 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 no. Now, with that being said, there's another aspect to this entire bill. Um, the fact that there are now 87,000 new IRS agents that will be hired on as part of this, and this is a tweet from Ted Cruz. We ha- I have to bring this up. This is too important to not talk about. Is that with these 87,000 new IRS agents, the Democrats have now made the IRS – this is a quote from Ted Cruz. Democrats want to make the IRS larger than the Pentagon, the State Department, the FBI, and Border Patrol combined. This is, he says it's a terabyte terrible idea and we should abolish the IRS. That's one plan. He, he has somewhat sort of a, a tax plan, but he's not talking about it. We need to talk about it. We need to inform people. Um, the best way to inform people is through repetition. Um, you know, Hillary Clinton said, said the quote of, if you repeat a lie long enough, it eventually becomes the truth. Repetition, repetition, repetition. And so um, this will will be very traumatic. And then in, in all of this, a response from a Senate Democrat on the talk shows this weekend, uh, in response to this, Ben Cardin said that at the end of the day, uh, people are, are somewhat scared of this. When asked a question about this, he said, people shouldn't be scared about this because at the end of the day, um, he says aud- the auditing that it will be enforced will be focused on those making high income and the higher corporations, and that ultimately – uh, the only thing that will be impacted uh, is by them getting a better service from the IRS. Where I think the last tax go around, uh, one in fifty calls was is answered, and some reports is the best estimate is fifteen percent. Um, but the Washington Post has reported in the last year, last year alone, um, that more than half of the agency's audits, again last year, were towards taxpayers earning less than seventy five thousand dollars with 40 percent of earning income tax credits and data shows that the agency has lost more than 16,000 employees since 2010 so you're telling me that over half of the audits that are taking place right now have less on the record since last year the washington post amazon jeff bezos washington post over half are reporting that over half of the audits from the IRS last year targeted seven people making $75,000 or less. To me, that's not 400000 They say – Richard Blumenthal, everybody says, well, we believe this is who they're going after. You don't know that. You don't know who's going to be the manager, the director of this department, that department within the IRS, 87,000 agents and where they're going to go after the money. Whereas Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, others within the Biden administration says we're going to basically make them profit getters. They're going to go increase in order to be able to pay for some of the stuff that they're voting for. They know that this is just the the laying the foundations in order to build upon it next. And the estimate is that it will cost um, $400 million dollars. Now, but okay, what happens when they need more equipment? What happens when they need to hire more people, more training, more this, more that, more retirement, give people pay raises, et cetera, and stuff? Down the road, this is largely um, just pennies on the dollar compared to what will actually be spent towards that. And look, the way to deal with this is 
hopefully to have leaders and pray for leaders to, who are awakened to the realities of this, who have a plan to put forward to deal with this, to remove this these IRS agents um, before even implemented. And the key factor in this is that it still has to go to the House. Most likely, numbers fall as is, will pass the House if it stays partisan as it is. And the the only caveat in all of this, and this is a huge, huge gamble from Mitch McConnell and all the Republicans, is that this is only a Democrat-led um, agenda, and Republicans are letting them know that. Biden is praising that, that this is what Democrats are doing. So, And the reason I point that out is not to just bash Democrats, but to say that a lot of the policies that the Democrats right now are currently going for are not only harmful to the morals of this nation, but towards the, even the economic backbone of this nation, and something that Americans themselves need to be awakened to and, and unfortunately having their pocketbooks rocked um, and, and letting the government continue to put their uh, fingers in, in, in their wallets is sometimes the only thing that wakes people up. And it's unfortunate that it has to get to that point, but the reality is, is okay, you realize on this, this level here, but now let's start looking at the morality and what the Lord wants. And so we just want to pray um, and continue to intercede. We'll probably stay on this one um, till the midterms happen, is that voters are aware of who they're voting for, that they, especially believers, who could easily pick candidates based upon biblical moral values alone and remove some of these politicians who have no morals um, and causing problems not only economically but morally in this nation um, in the days ahead. And last thing, I want to close out on this actually very positive note. In Indiana, they have officially become the first state to pass an almost total abortion ban since Roe's reversal, um, creating uh, kind of somewhat disbelief from the Biden administration, trying to talk this down, talking about how horrible this is and et cetera and stuff like that. But um, there are more votes like this coming. West Virginia is another one. Again, there's other states uh, like Kansas who have votes for the voters to decide. Um, possibly Michigan, still waiting to see the news on that. If you guys know anything, let me know um, whether that's actually going to get added to the uh, midterm ballot or not. And so great news here to protect life um, throughout this nation and, and, and of why it's important um, and why the Democrats are considering this very important of this, this issue is that, look, who you vote for at the federal level, at the state level, has a lot to do with what type of policies they get put in place. And thankfully, the leaders in Indiana voted uh, with God and for life for standing up for this and in a, in a passing a mere um, total abortion ban and, and hopefully um, now people can awaken to the rise of the need for um, adoption adoption agencies and funding those things and not just as part of the cry from those who are of stand for the abortion side saying well if you you only cared about life you would support this and this and this and they're very true with that and let's um, and so let's pray for more um, golden court cases in this situation and golden cases and golden votes 
for voting for life now and in the days ahead as we gear up towards midterms and more of these votes that are coming at state houses, uh, whether it be the rest of this year or next year as some come back into session after the new year. So with that, I'll close. Don't forget we have our noon prayer today at Shreveport Bossier Christian Center Shreveport and our Wednesday night uh, testimonies on revival from those of our staff to hopefully cultivate uh, through this month of August a burning heart and desire not only for revival for this nation but a revival in our lives to turn away from whatever it is that's distracting us causing us to be held back and turning towards the Father so that souls can be saved and we can be a nation that spreads the gospel of the kingdom to the nations. So blessings, and I will see you guys later. Have a good one.